Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. We have not only a great guest, but one of my favorite musicians in town and one of my favorite people that I've known for, oh, geez, two and a half decades. Miss Molly Mayer has a great new record out. It's just phenomenal. Just release called Follow, uh, featuring some of the best musicians in town. We'll talk about them. Uh, it was produced by Molly Marin and the great Eric Koskinen, my fellow Finn, at his Real Phonic Studios. And uh, it's got just it's some great songs. We're going to be playing a song per set. But Molly is uh, not only a wonderful musician, uh, guitarist, band leader. She is also turned into just a terrific curator of shows. She books places. She books festivals. Uh, she used to have a radio show in St. Paul for a while. We'll find out more about that. But in the meantime, we're going to get right into it. Uh, Molly Mayer, how are you tonight? Hey, hi. I, uh, I'm doing great. Boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, you sent me four songs. I'm just knocked out by it. Thank you. It's a really great record. You know, uh, Louis Perez, who's a buddy of mine, of course, the uh, founding member of Los Lobos, mm -hmm. he said it this way. He said, Molly Mary has done it. She combines <laughs> simplicity and heartfelt melody and creates something that is equally haunting and hypnotic. I can't stop listening. Bravo. That's high praise from Mr. Perez. He's one of the greatest musicians in our country. I agree. He's a he's a real gem, and it was uh, it meant so much to me to get his okay on this record since uh, he helped sort of motivate the uh, transition of this record. Um, so yeah, meant a lot. And when you say transition of this record, what exactly do you mean? Well, we had originally um, made a version of this record um, years ago. And it was just, it was, uh, you know, singer-songwriter, and uh, it was a great, the musicians that played on it really gave their all. Um, it, it, it all, you know, it, it was fine, but the problem was, for me, it was just fine. And that wasn't any reflection of the musicians, it was a reflection of where I was mm -hmm. in my life. And so I just said, you know, you guys, I got to just put this down and just see what else sort of develops or just take a step back from it. Sure. And while that happened, um, Louie had dropped off an instrument at Willie's American Guitars, a uh, place where I've worked for many years, decades. Coolest, and, coolest guitar store in the country as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but he, so he had dropped off this instrument and he just said, you know, can you ship this back to me when I get back home? And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And then I picked it up and just started strumming on it. And then just a lot of things just started to open up for me. Um, and then all of a sudden, just some new rhythms. And uh, so it just took me to a place wow. that was unique. And so I just said, you know what? I think I need to hang on to this for a little bit longer and see where it takes me. <laughs> if, if you're, if Lou, you're, ever going to get it back but uh right so you so you kind of in a way you picked up, picked up some of this metaphysical stuff that was hanging on it was it a guitar yes it's uh called a yaranga okay. it's a it's an instrument out of veracruz um uh yeah a traditional instrument so uh louis had uh 
had imbued that with some serious juju that uh, came back through through uh, Molly Mayer's hands. Yeah, in fact, it's the guitar. It's the first thing that you hear on uh, La Pistola uh, Corazon. Mm-hmm. And so when I first picked it up and started strumming it, and it was the instrument itself, so wow. for that, as a lot of things inside of me just started kind of quivering mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just messing around with it. Yeah, uh, some some mojo came from it. Wow. Well, you have uh, some of my favorite musicians in town on this record, Eric Koskinen, <laughs> of course, uh, Noel Levy, J.T. Bates, Chris Bates, Jimmy Anton, the guy I gave his very first gig in town to when he was 18, just in from <laughs> the uh, Berkeley School of Music in Boston, Gabriella Sweet, Paul mm-hmm. Bergen, just, boy, a real cast of heavyweights here. Yeah, Todd Clauser, um, uh uh, Anastasia Ellis, who is somewhat new to the scene, but you'll definitely hear more from her as she develops, and Chrissy Bergmark on uh, Tabla. So yeah, a lot of great players um, who supported me in this uh, journey, if you will. So when did you actually start the first part of the recording, and then you took a pause, and when did you get back to it? Well, we started a, a whole other record, frankly, Um probably seven years ago, and then I put it down for a year. And then, um, uh, actually, Django is probably the, the, which is the first track on the record, and I think that's just the first take and the first moment that we all started playing together. Um, that was probably five years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then when, did, uh, when were the latest and last sessions for your great new record, Follow, Molly Mayer? Uh, November. Okay, really? Mm-hmm. Well, it's... Not- um, for me, yeah, for me, I don't ask for people, I don't ask money <laughs> from people before the record is done. I like to just kind of wait and then let them decide if they want to buy it or not. So it took a long time because financially, um, just having to come up with the dough for yeah. uh, each step. And then um, I'm grateful for that because taking that time let a lot of songs develop in their own way. And um, I mean, some of these people I didn't even know or were actually friends or working with until just a few years ago, like Yerida hmm. uh, Noriega and Todd Clauser, who's become a dear friend and collaborator. Well, John Bream... Uh, noted critic for the Star Tribune, said Follow is an alluringly organic, relaxed album that sounds like skilled musicians grooving together on a street in Mexico and someone pressed record. Which, <laughs> which, it's a really, you know, Bream's one of the best. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's really got that, you know, there is that real Southwestern or Mexican vibe to it. Where did you... Uh, where did those influences come from, Molly? Well, a lot of the music that I've listened to in my a lot of my adult life, um, Los Lobos being at the top of the list, does have a lot of Latin influences, which um, is another reason why I put the initial recording down, because what we were recording wasn't reflective of where I was, what I listened to, what I love, what, what motivates me, and... I didn't really know how to get there. And then when this instrument ended up in my hands, it felt like that was the conduit to get a little bit closer to what my source is. Um, so that helped. And then with Todd Clauser, 
living in Mexico City, um, originally I just sent him some tracks and just said, hey, can you just drop a microphone outside your window <laughs> and, <laughs> and see what it picks up? That's fantastic. <laughs> and then he, uh, he added just so much um, uh, flavor and spice to the bird and uh, sent, set, put it to a different level, I think. So let's, uh, before we forget, uh, Molly, you were going to have a, a record release show at the Hook and Ladder. It's been rescheduled. So tell us about uh, uh, the record release party. And in the meantime, where people can uh, track this down and purchase it. Uh, well, for now, the record is uh, the release show where um, almost everybody who plays on the record will be able to perform it live. Um, will be Wednesday, June 17th at the Hook and Ladder um, but who knows where we're going to be right. every day. It's, Fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah, new news. But until then, um, my website, which is com, and you can buy either a physical copy or do a digital download. I love going to the post office, yeah. uh, so I don't mind mailing out uh, physical copies of the record. Molly. And if you order a physical copy of the record, sorry, you get a free set of Molly Mayer matches. Oh, there you go. It, it, is it the, are, are the matches the same as the album cover that was done by Dan Minkler at Noiseland? Because that is an amazing, one of my favorite album covers I've seen in years. He was spectacular. My husband and I went to uh, Mexico for eight weeks um, this winter. And while I was down there, Dan and I were discussing different uh, cover ideas, and I had a whole direction I wanted to go in, and he made it happen, but once I looked at it, I was like, ah, it's just fine. But it wasn't his <laughs> fault, it was my fault. And then he came back with this cover, and I absolutely love it. So yes, the matches reflect the record cover. Um, well, save me, save, me a, uh, save me a pack of matches, I'll get the record too. It. But I mean, I was looking at it, I was so knocked out. Uh, I said, man, you could date, you could put these as, as uh, linoleum towels in a cool studio. <laughs> or yeah. you know what? You should think about You could do this now. You could actually make shower curtains out of those things. Oh, right on, right on. <laughs> you know, I'm serious. We've got Molly Mayer, one of my uh, great friends, one of my favorite musicians in town. We're going to listen to several uh, tracks off her new record, Follow, and uh, talk with us some more. She's got, uh, She does a lot more than just music. Uh, but she's one of my favorites. We're going to listen to Off Follow, Run, 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 and then back with Molly for the whole show tonight on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Thank you. 
back to the Wall of Power Radio Wall. This is your host, Paul Metzen. We just heard a great new track from my guest, Molly Mayer, called Django, off her new record, Follow. Boy, that had a beautiful groove to it, Molly. Thanks. Yeah, JT Bates, he's got one of my favorite drum fills in that in that track. <laughs> did did, uh, did it, you create any of this? Um, how fully formed were your ideas when you went into the studio? Or did anything happen right uh, organically um, at the studio? Yeah, I, I mean, I just, as far as like the instrumentals, I just had sort of a rhythm idea. And I mean, honestly, the players like Eric did so much more of the heavy lifting. Um, but I would say we had a pretty good structure of um, what the feel was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these just absolutely generous uh, players would offer up maybe like Jimmy Anton offered up some great um, arrangement ideas and Eric always does. I mean, any, yeah. anything that I do, Eric does the heavy lifting on and that should always be noted. Right. Well, he played for you uh, for years when you had your house gig at Nice. How long were you at Nice Bolognese Room? I think we were there for seven years, wow. and then we moved that over to the Aster for another two years. The Aster. But that's... Eric and I have played together, I think, for 15 or 17 years. Wow. Maybe 17. And then Paul and I have played together for 20 years. Paul Bergen is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you, Steve Murray, Steve Murray's back oh on the yeah. team as well, but he didn't make the record uh, just for timing reasons. Yeah, and we're going to talk about, uh, well, we'll see where we go, but now you've got, uh, besides being an incredible musician, band leader, sweetheart, singer, songwriter, Molly Mayer, my guest, is also a yoga instructor, and now Steve Murray is doing yoga too. Mm-hmm. What did Absolutely. What did yeah. you do to him? I actually well, watched one of his yoga things on a live stream last mm-hmm. week, and then I, I did one of his moves, and uh, I, I couldn't get back up. I had to call a neighbor to no. pay. No, I'm kidding. But, but yeah. I just, you know, because I met, because Steve played with me when I had Paul Metz and the Naughty Pines, N-A-U-G-H-T-Y, at, uh, in the beginning of the aughts at Tuesday nights at, at Bunkers, and that's where I where I got to know Steve, and through Steve, then through Steve, I got to know Sherwin Linton, and uh, mm-hmm. but I'm just so uh, proud of him doing that yoga thing. But how long have you been doing yoga? I started uh, maybe maybe about ten years ago. Wow! And Steve, I had just kind of I was just starting to get into it, and then I invited Steve to come to uh, one of these yoga classes with me, and. He, you know, he's just always up for anything. And right. he's like, yeah, Mal, let's, let's go. I'll meet you there at wow. 7.30 on Tuesday. And so when we went in, it turned out it wasn't just a uh, like a vinyasa flow yoga. It was this class called Sculpt, which is uh, a hot room, weights, really loud music, and just high intensity. Wow. And so Steve and I uh, went through that, but... And that was, we still laugh about that. But then, um, yeah, he started practicing with me. And then um, uh, we both went through teacher training. And it's been great to evolve with him. Well, he is not only a a great bass player, but he's such a sweet guy, you know. Mm -hmm. I always, yeah, genuine and great smile, beautiful sense of humor. Now, let me ask you this, Molly. So, when did you actually start playing out, uh, playing club dates? Uh, I think 
maybe like 98, somewhere right. in no, 97, I know, because my first coffee shop gig was at the Prairie Star, which was on University in Raymond, and it was on November 21st, 1997, hmm. like my first official gig. And I know that because somebody doodled on a coffee cup from that night, and it's sitting right in front of me. Oh, nice. Well, you know, yes. I then then I, I feel confident in my bragging because uh, when I moved back to uh, northeast Minneapolis from New York City, I started mm-hmm. working with Jeff Maritko over at Mazelax, and I used to have a little gig on uh, Tuesday nights called uh, The Artist Porter, and so I think I've, I gave you some of your first shows, at least at Mazelax. You absolutely did, and in fact, I remember the first time you had me come and play there, Steve Murray was there, and I remember being so uh, nervous for a lot of reasons <laughs> for performing in, on, in your show and then performing in front of Steve, and then um, I think I even asked him to play with me that night, and so and history is... Wow. That. Well, well, thank you. Well, th- thank you. I mean, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit more. I also gave a fellow from Duluth who used to come down who looked like a eighth grade geography instructor named Charlie Parr. He mm-hmm. would come down and play, and I think I had 150 bucks and some beer and burgers to throw around. I always would give Charlie a little more because he, he would truck down from Duluth just to play. And I was so knocked out. By Charlie Parr, and yeah. uh, so uh, I feel I feel good. I've been able to present uh, you up and comers, uh, musicians, and now that have have surpassed me in fame and fortune. But oh, uh, please, <laughs> never. <laughs> no, uh, but so Charlie Parr, and then uh, Jeff and I. We've got uh, there was another little kind of bluegrassy band that came down from Duluth that started playing at uh, Mayslax by the name of Trampled by Turtles. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, we had the Levy Brothers over. Uh, they started playing because Mayslax was really one of the first bars uh, with the help of the great uh, John Eric Thede that started having music in northeast Minneapolis that, that didn't have an accordion in the band. And, right, And, uh, you yes. know, Mayslax became quite a place over the years. She's John Cohn from the New Lost City Ramblers play there with Spider John and Tony Glover and myself. And uh, and then when I was playing over at Nice, because I did that, that's how I bought mm-hmm. my house, was my Nice pay stubs, I used to have an open stage over there, and there was a young lady that would come and sit in uh, who's knocked me out by the name of Chastity Brown. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everything you touched would uh, turn to gold. Well, I have to say, I'm I'm proud of myself. I've got a good taste in music. And when I hear somebody, and you know this as, as well as I do, Molly Mayer, and we're going to talk more about some shows that you've curated, like the Lower Town Guitar Festival and more, but you know what it's like to hear something for the first time, especially a live musician, and you go, I love that. That person uh-huh. has it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, there's a there's a feeling, there's a vibe. Yeah, well, that, that makes me feel good uh, that that you and Steve got together that night at Mayslakes. <laughs> Molly, this is really so much fun to uh, catch up with you, especially uh, in these times. You know, the, I had a friend come over the other day, and we social distance across a fire pit, and uh, mm. she was leaving, and I go. 
I'd really like to give you a hug, but I can't, you know. So it's yeah. good to share your your vibe here on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We're going to have Molly Mayer on uh, for two more sets on the Wall of uh, Power Radio Hour. And uh, you could check not only her new uh, record, Follow, but more stuff at her website at mollymayer.com. Wall of Power Radio Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz, and my guest, Molly Mayer, for the whole night. Now, Molly, I've had my uh, radio show for six years, and I want to thank the Divas, this great uh, uh, trio of uh, hot babes from Virginia, Minnesota, who, who did that little bumper music for my radio show. But you had a radio show for several years at uh, in St. Paul as well, right, Molly? Uh, well, for... Several semesters, um, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. At um, I I live uh, in St. Paul, and I can tune into the McAllister radio um, uh, on the campus. Oh, that and little so, ten that little ten watt station. I've I've yeah, performed yeah, yeah. on there. I love it. I and I really try not to leave a five mile radius or three mile <laughs> radius, anyways. I mean, even in good in normal days, right? Um, right. So I can always keep that tuned in at 91.9, uh, I think it is, or I don't know. Right. Um, so yes, I, so they put a call out to the community and was, you know, if anybody from the community wants to come and have your own radio show, go for it. And one of the reasons why I became a yoga instructor was basically so that I could make mixtapes for people and people would have to sit and listen to my music <laughs> and not talk back. <laughs> so... I thought I would take it to the next level and try my hand at radio. It was, uh, when you could get into the booth, it was really fun. And anybody who has um, had a show at McAllister Radio knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you have to knock on a window and let have wait for someone to come and let you in. Oh, yeah, we were, um, years ago, Cats on the Stairs, we had our first single up. We did a reggae version of Louie Louie that's still... Uh, I don't know if Robert Criscow, when he reviewed that, if he, he ever got over it, I think it blew his mind a little bit. He couldn't understand why anybody would want to do that. But we did it, and we <laughs> went there and um, uh, to debut the single. And I don't know if anybody in the band was, but I know the DJ who was going to school at the time, who shall remain uh, homeless, uh, was uh, on mu- <laughs> on mushrooms, and, because that's what you did at McAllister in the eighties. And yeah. uh, so he put the thing on, and we started to talk, and started to talk, and all of a sudden we realized that uh, the record, the forty-five RPM, was on thirty-three. <laughs> But it was college radio at its finest, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so who, you had some incredible musicians on your show. Tell us about that. Or was that the, am uh, I confusing it with the, the one you used to do at the at the library downtown? Oh, yes. You're thinking of Real Phonic Radio Hour. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, which actually never uh, was an hour or on the radio. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a concert series that um, I did with... Uh, Eric Hoskinen and Paul Burgeon and Tom Middlebrook, as well as JT Bates and um, a cast of other folks, but the the four or five of us kind of ran that. It was for about four years at the James J. Hill Reference mm-hmm. Library, and yeah, we um, 
we really did have a cast of amazing musicians. Uh, we had Anias Mitchell, uh, Will Sexton, John Paul Keyes, Kenny Vaughn, um, and, and just local people. Chastity played it. Uh, Haley, Dana Thompson, who's... Oh, I love just, Dana. We love Dana, yes. Um, yeah, we had some really incredible... Uh, Charlie Hunter... Um, yeah, incredible musicians come and play that 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 show. It was really fun. Not to mention, uh, Eric would always play like three songs at the beginning, and he just would slay opening the show. Yeah. Did you? Is are any of those shows archived? Well, Tom Garneau recorded all of the shows, and uh, with the help of Dave Russ running front of house, and so yes, there are. Oh, and Amy Helm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. We have all of the shows recorded. Uh, what we'll do with them still remains uh, to be. Yeah, seen. well, it's good that they're they're archived in there. In you know, uh, Garneau, yep. I'm sure they're in safe and sound hands. Uh, one of the best mastering uh, mm-hmm. cats in town. Of course, Dave Ross is phenomenal too. Molly, yeah. so how did that? Uh, did that kind of proceed? You. Uh, starting to do your Lower Town Guitar Festival, which also featured some incredible musicians. In fact, you were on uh, the Wall Power Radio Hour about five years ago yeah. when I used to record at the uh, Minneapolis Media Institute and uh, for an upcoming show. And so tell us some of, some of those uh, guitarists that you brought in to play the Lower Town Guitar Festival. Lower Town Guitar Fest, I started in conjunction with McNally Smith 10 years ago this, this year. And um, Chris Osgood and I were co-directors up until two years ago. And now Todd Clouser and I uh, run that together. But as far as the performers that we've had, I mean, when I go back and read the list, I can't believe it myself. Yeah. Um, because I would just reach out to these folks and... I, Amazing. But yeah, um, some of my favorite sets, Mark Rabot, um, Robin Ford, right. uh, Sonny War, who is really uh, coming up right now, um, Guthrie Trapp, Rosie Flores, Greg yeah. Cox, um, Pat Donahue, Bo Ramsey, Peter Lang, Muriel Anderson, Dakota Dave. I mean, it just, yeah. we've, yeah, amazing players. But the Mark Rabot set was really one of my personal favorites. Um, I'm a huge Mark Rebeau fan sure. to begin with. And Greg Koch, who is kind of, we just call him like the spirit animal. Oh, of the yeah. He's, a, he's insane. He's, <laughs> he's completely insane. insane. Yeah. And he's he's been a, a great friend to us and, and always uh, does help bring in some, some players. But I don't know if this was the first year or the second year, but Greg was doing his Greg Koch, and which, like I'm saying, was like huge jazz hands. And you know, he's just killing the the Mears Park and yeah. all of Lower Town. And Mark Rabot was going to be up next solo. And so Greg's got his trio going and foundation is shaking everywhere. Right. And Mark turns to me and he says, who booked me? Like, does, <laughs> do they understand what I'm about to get up and do? And right. I was like, I did. And yes, I do. And that's why you're going to play 90 minutes and he's playing 45. Right, and right. Mark got up there with just a microphone in front of his LOO and just, it was as intense as Greg was with volume and brevity. Uh, Mark was as intense solo and, and um, 
just yeah, it was it was stunning. Well, that's you know, but that's part of your uh, talent, Molly Mayer, as as a uh, as an artist that knows that's put together her own sets, right? And knows how yeah. a set goes, knows how musicians, knows what, uh, how, you know, uh, how they mix, uh, how there should be contrast. Um, I had, I had a great, uh, my TV show, Wall of Power TV with my producer, Andy Watson. We went over about a year and a half ago, Greg Cock and, and David Grissom were in town at mm-hmm. uh, Hook and Ladder. And so we caught him uh, before they checked out of the hotel over there in St. Paul. And we had the most marvelous conversation because we're all kind of the same age. We all basically, you know, if you grew up in whatever time you grew up and Wherever your guitar roots are, with Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, Texas, wherever, you know, it's all basically kind of you come up under the same guitar players, playing the same kind of guitars, reading the same yeah. kind of music books. So it was funny in that you know, hour and a half how much we found out we had in common. Now, For Mo- sure. Molly, um, let's talk about, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the new normal. Right, because your your show got moved, your uh, CD release show to uh, June seventeenth. We're not sure if, sure if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And when things open up, and God hope they do sooner than later, what do you think is going to be the new normal? In far as far as people going out to hear music in clubs, festivals, wherever. Well, that's a good question. I um, I book. Uh, an outdoor venue in St. Paul, the Como Lakeside Pavilion. Um, usually we have 130 to 150 shows um, over the summer, over a three-month period. And up until about a week ago, I thought, well, summer, well, you know, music, uh, live music is going to look very different moving forward. And I was saying, you know, these outdoor venues like Como, which is just a big, broad space, you know, those are going to be the heroes until we figure out what the next step is. Right. But now, you know, as we all know, every day the news changes. Um, so I think streaming is going to be probably a big, um, a big new component. Yes. Um, as it already is, but I think it's all, I think the production value will increase um, as we all pivot and, and kind of learn. I mean, this is all, this is a very exciting time for anybody in the arts because we get to set this new standard. And um, I think it's a, just a great opportunity, and I hope that people really step up and become creative with this. So as far as what I think the new normal is, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to keep swinging and, and see what works and what feels comfortable and what feels authentic, you know, watching people from their living room, you know, just a, a guy with his acoustic guitar, it's great. I mean, that's fine, but that's not going to really hold people's attention like if they were playing out live for right. know, doing a 45 minute set or whatever. But um, this is the time for everybody to dig in and find uh, authentic voices that translate to uh, just a different audience. I mean, what a unique opportunity to reach people all over the world now. We had that before, but maybe now this uh, stretches the boundaries a bit more. Well, and I think the audience now is getting used to going, 
geez, yeah, we can sit at home. We can order a 12-pack case of beer from our favorite local brewer, uh, mm-hmm. eventually invite some friends over uh, and uh, watch a great show through a phenomenal set of speakers, whether it's on the television or streamed through the computer. I do think it's a silver lining for independent musicians. Um, I totally agree. Now, I, have you done any yet, Molly Mayer? No, um, I did a recording of a couple of songs live um, in my studio, but right now it feels a bit saturated. It's not saturated. It just feels a little like the gold rush that everyone right right now, they're just using kind of dulled ice picks. Like, I don't feel like we're really, we have the right tools yet, but we're all just still trying to grind it and figure it out. Yeah. So... For me, it doesn't feel uh, like a good time, but that's personally. Um, but every day, it's uh, it's different, and again, it's super exciting. I mean, get creative. Well, and I'm all about watching uh, Richard Thompson from his living room anytime he wants to do it. No, nope. <laughs> man, we, we got Molly Mayer on. We're going to listen to uh, uh, another track off her great new record, "Follow," called "Open Road." And then we will be back with Molly on the last set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Good friend, uh, Molly Mayer, on for the whole show tonight and be able to share some of her great uh, new songs off her record, Follow. Molly, if you don't mind, if we get a little personal here uh, for a moment. I remember I'd go and see you Tuesday nights, right, at Nice Polonaise Room? Wednesdays. I took over your Wednesday. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm going to get back at you for that. I was ready to move on by that point, but uh, those pay stubs at Nice helped me buy my house in Northeast. So God God bless Al Nye. And boy, how much do we miss Mikey? Oh, 
Oh man, I miss him a lot. I actually was just thinking about him the other day. What a what a what a funny guy. He was a he was a, a bartender who was about well, I don't know maybe five foot six. Uh, used to be a gymnast in high school, was still in really good shape. Did he ever tell you the stories afterwards, you know, after he got done working? I don't know if he ever got up to his little apartment upstairs and had a couple of cocktails post-gig, but he always used to say, um, there should be a Broadway show about Neil Diamond's, uh, what's that, Traveling, uh, what's that Neil Diamond tune? Traveling, Traveling. Uh, I don't know which one. Yeah, uh, Brother something... Whatever that Neil Diamond song was, he said it should be a Brother Loves Traveling, whatever show. And Mike House, he said it should be a Broadway, should be a Broadway musical, it should be a Broadway musical. Well, don't you know? Damn it! About four years ago, somebody took that song and turned it into a Broadway musical. Oh wow! Yeah, Mikey was like twenty years ahead of the time on that <laughs> one. So yeah. Molly, but I remember I used to uh, go and see you, and you had uh, uh, you were wearing a wig because you were going through breast cancer treatments at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten years ago. In fact, that's um, so ten years ago yesterday, or is it today? I uh, I opened for Trampled by Turtles. Yes, I had breast cancer. I was diagnosed ten years ago. Um, late January and I'd started chemo um, and I opened for Trampled for their Palomino um, record release at First Ave and it was about it was about two and a half weeks after my first chemo and my we had I had had long hair and we had started to chop it down for the inevitable balding that was going to happen and the night before um, the show at First Ave, my hair was falling out significantly. And I remember putting my hair into sort of a faux hawk, what was left of it, and then trying not to touch it because it was coming out uh, in clumps. And I remember Conrad coming in and saying to everybody in the green room at First Ave, you know, it's time. And so the band started walking up on stage and I had stopped in the mirror and was trying to fix my hair. And all of a sudden I pulled my sideburns out. Wow. <laughs> and uh, which I can laugh at now. And I'm sure at the time it was somewhat traumatic. Right. But I have a, a photo that um, someone took of me on stage and there's a, just a fierceness in my eyes that uh, I'll just, I'll never forget. Um, so then uh, the inevitable balding had happened and we were, moving through treatments, um, my in-laws had bought me what we called my gig wig, which was <laughs> like the hair I'd always wanted. Right, <laughs> and, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, um, you know, we had scheduled um, our shows um, kind of throughout, just strategically placed throughout my treatments. And then um, it was it was really important for me to have that sense of normalcy while I was going through that uh, crap storm. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I used to go to see you fairly regularly and there was you could just tell you know because people knew it wasn't a secret but you could just tell how much love was in a room when you would sit up there and do your 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 great music with your beautiful band knowing that you know we were knowing what you were going through but it was man molly mayor you uh you have balls the size of mexico (laughs) (laughs) Well, but, someone's got to, Paul. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, it, it, yeah. So, thank God. What a, what a. And, you know, you came out a beautiful survival story. So, anybody out there that's going through a similar thing, 
you look at what Molly Mayer has done, and she is totally at the top of her game. So tell us, we got about a minute and a half left here, Molly. So you've been a musician, you're a yoga instructor, you fell in love, you got married, uh, you put on shows, you've sold guitars. We're going through this incredibly tough and dark time in America. What keeps you going? Uh, good food, um, taking time to slow down, and um, great music, and connecting with dear friends like Paul Metza. Oh, that's so nice of you to say. I love, uh, we're good Facebook buddies, and I love to see uh, every now and then, it's Molly Mayer, and she's meditating in Maui at sunrise doing yoga. And I go, God bless you, girlfriend. That is just, just got to keep moving. <laughs> you got to keep moving. Now, everybody out there, a lot of you know Molly, but uh, if this is the first time you've been heard her music, you can go to her website at mollymayer.com. She's also got a Facebook community page at Molly Mayer, and she's got a bunch of stuff on YouTube, and she's a go-getter, so she's on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and whatever else the next mm-hmm. social media streaming channel is. <laughs> Molly, I want to thank you so much. Once again, I want to tell you how much I absolutely adore this new record, Follow. Thank you so much, and thanks for taking time to uh, reach out and spreading the gospel of music. That's what we do, right, Molly? Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Molly, have a wonderful evening, and uh, we'll see you on the, on the flip-flop. Sounds good. Peace to all. Thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show was produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson, and we'd like to thank our guest and my close personal friend, Molly Mayer. Get her new record, Follow. It's just amazing. We know everybody's going through a tough time these days uh, with the pandemic and politics and everything else. Remember to stay strong and positive. Listen to music, read books, read poetry, wash your hands, go out for long walks. And if you get a, if a dog or cat, give them extra treats. If you'd like to help support the show, I've got a Venmo account at Paul-Metza. Find out more what I'm up to at paulmetza.com. And like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. The power will fall.